0: All people of Canadian
1: descent to go home and open their box of faith. Box
2: of faith. What the fuck is that?
0: Right on, and welcome to New Music Saturday with myself, Doctor Bones. Unfortunately, uh, Mike Five had something last minute come up, so he couldn't make it. So, but he will be back next week. But it'll be myself, Doctor Bones, and Doctor of Many Things, but not Michael Doctor, and of course our musical guest, Doctor Degas Welcome to the show.
3: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: So uh, let's get right into it, man. Um, before we set this interview up, you know, we played uh, your song a few times, and uh, we let's let's make a quick step off. So, uh, your previous band uh, of Still and Dead Music, when when they ended, was was you wanted to do a bit of soul stuff? Uh, one of the reasons why the band ended, or just said, you know it time to kind of move on, we kind of ran our, ran our time out.
3: Oh wow, that's actually that's like a that's like an in-depth sort of story question, but we can go like right into that. Um,
0: well, if I push too far, so my been...
3: sorry, I
0: said I said if I if I'm going too in depth, let me know.
3: <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but but we're really going for it right off the bat. I like that, you know. It's uh, jumping right into the deep end. Uh, <laughs> I love it, you know. Um, my I was making solo music. Um, before stolen dead music um actually the track um the track that's like the b-side to my single um ending uh, the the decay uh the b-side is haunt you which I, you guys actually played that and i released yes. it in in 2019 um oh no i well i wrote it earlier but i released a remix of it in 2019 anyway um but no i've been i've been doing music myself um you know, I've done it my whole life. Basically, um, I was—I wrote like maybe thirty or forty percent of the songs in Stolen Dead Music. Okay. Um, so, it—it it was actually me and um, and the lead singer, guitarist, who, who started the band together, and that's—and um, we just found each other through a mes- message board. Oh, nice. And. Um, and then we started writing music because he had songs. He had songs ready off the bat, and I had songs ready off the bat. M- Message board um, or MySpace? <laughs> it was. It was a no. It wasn't MySpace. Oh, I was just joking. After that, sorry. That this was. A- was um, this was 2017. So it was. Um, it was just like a local band page. Um, I forget which one. That was just a really bad joke, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, mean, I actually had a MySpace page. Oh, no way. <laughs> I, actually, I had one, and it had some of... It had one of the earliest iterations of a song that still exists today called Shunt. Right. And oh, it was nice. actually... It was, it was on one of the records I made with Stolen Dead music. But uh cut a long story short, that, um, that band ended because... Um, I was, I was, it was sort of, a, it was a very dramatic thing. Of, um, it was sort of betrayed by the uh, the lead singer vocalist, and um, well, but there was a lot of drama because I I, I had invited a, a second guitarist to join the band at one point, point. Um, and then it, he wasn't working out. But the, but, um, and in his brother, who was the bassist, was actually up for getting rid of him, but the lead singer guitarist didn't want to. And then it it convoluted into this whole thing where the other guy quit, the lead singer quit the band, um, but then it, he quit the band, but then he carried on doing the band, um, oh, okay. which, was, which was weird. <laughs> so it was a very strange thing, and I was like, okay, that's, you know, people are people. I uh, I don't really get it. I'm not a very, like, drama-orientated people. I don't go in for that sort of thing. Right. And um, and so I just yeah I thought it's great I'll make music on my own. It's just very difficult to do all the all the stuff on your own like production and writing and right everything like that.
0: No, understandable. Uh, I mean, it's it's true though. I mean, I've I was uh, talking with uh, friend and artist uh, Reka, and uh, she's done mixes with Tex Mex Shaman and she's done a lot of stuff her own. Actually, um, speaking of Reka. Uh, she uh, she, Bandcamp, she did a few things up there, so bought the discography uh, yesterday, and I made mention my video just being in Bandcamp real quick. Is that I made a, I usually make a lot of purchases on Bandcamp Friday, and just, mm. d- just generally speaking, and others uh, two that I forgot about. I was like, oh, I can't believe I forgot. So I I literally bought them maybe about forty five minutes ago, roughly, <laughs> because like, because it's like, it's like oh man, well, like I don't want to wait, I still want to buy them, so I. You know, toss a few extra bucks to kind of compensate for what Bandcamp may take, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah. the two ones I bought were the brand new first-base runner and uh, the brand new St. Martin. Well, I bought St. Martin's discography, this, so, um, cool. so I, t- I took care of that. But the day before, I bought a lot of stuff, and, you know, I, I, I tend to buy <coughs> merch, like, every single time, and that's not a problem. I like buying merch, like, whether it's a t-shirt, cassette, vinyl, that sort of thing. And uh yeah. uh I bought, I wasn't going to buy anything this time cause, <clears throat> because of uh, the shipping costs, and, and uh, Lockheed is the shipping cost. so I was like, no, but then I was like, you know what, forget it, I'm going to buy it, and then I bought an a A&H vinyl from a bank called Get the Fuck Out of Dodge, so <laughs> I bought their it's vinyl, yeah, right, I know, I love that name, Mike and I interviewed them just over a year and a bit ago, But so, nice. um, uh, so I bought their vinyl, and I bought a t-shirt, there's not too long ago. And then there's, I like jazz as well, and I discovered this thing. It came up on on the Bandcamp feed, a guy named John Patton, and I was like, "All right." So like, yeah, I got, I got the, I bought the digital copy at first. They went back probably about a couple hours later. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get the vinyl. Like it's, it's gonna be totally worth it." And like the digital copy is amazing. I can't wait for the vinyl. I'm so pumped for it. So nice,
3: nice. yeah. So I, I, I really got, like jazz. So
0: well, so I and you know what? He reminds me. He reminds me a little bit, of, actually, of, of Miles Davis. Uh, and really and yeah specific, wow. specifically like the, the music you, you heard you would hear on like, either Silence or Sketches of Spain wow so pretty cool stuff a bit bit new age but not new age like bad you know what I mean just just like
3: newer. still that's high praise man. but yeah I
0: really enjoy because like I, I, you know when they come up so you play, play it's like that's not too bad so I, I put three things on my wish list and that was one of them and yeah I but I bought all three plus 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 <laughs> so
3: nice nice
0: but so getting back to the music i just had i had to mention that music as a step off but so um you've been working solo for a little while now now what's uh how how i mean i know it's a lot harder because you got to do all the stuff on your own but are there any other changes that you've noticed that have been either for the better or just kind of like a little bit more uh um what's the word looking for a little bit more involved
3: well, it's, it's, it's a different beast, right? Um, writing in bands, I, I find it a lot easier, um, especially if you have, like, a writing partner, which kind of the, the lead singer and guitarist was. Because I play guitar, I right. play drums, I play bass. Like, drums is my primary instrument. Okay. Um, but But I write on guitar and piano, so... Yeah, I you know, I, I do a bit of everything. And so, yeah, we, we sort of were like, we would, you know, collab some, some like, I think one or two of the songs were like collaborative songs where we both put in. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, the difference is, is it's a sort of a shared load with a band. And often, you know, everyone sort of puts in in some way to the creative process, you know, right. and it, it, it becomes its own. Even if, you know, even if it's your song, right it, right? it comes out different once you put it through the other people's filters, right? So one of the differences when you get solo, you get to realize that something that's completely yours, and I would say that's that's very rewarding. And, and also when you have very specific sort of artistic visions or... Uh, that sounds too highfalutin for, <laughs> for me, but like... Uh, how, how can I say it? You just have an idea of what you want it to sound like. In, right. you know. Like, in my head, I can hear this, and I want to reproduce it. And, you know, you can go all the way and spend all the time you need when it's your solo stuff because it's your solo stuff, right? Right.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, or you can do it really quickly um, because it's your solo stuff. And, again, it depends what you want to do. Um, I like both ways. Both have their advantages. I miss being in a band and being able to bash it like if I was in a band like for, we had our first in storm Dead Music we had um, our first EP Six Hours and we called it Six Hours because we we recorded seven songs in six hours oh wow
0: <laughs>
3: um, and it was just a live it was just a live set the only thing that the, the vocals were dubbed after but everything else was recorded just like live in pretty much one or two takes right oh so nice. I, I actually was watching the Beatles documentary thinking, God, like, it, it's so unfair. These guys are just sitting <laughs> fucking around in a studio. If I had all of that time in the studio and engineers and mm-hmm. all of that stuff, I could make so much music. You
0: know? <laughs> well, right. Eh? You know And uh, it wasn't in the documentary, but I, this video came up. It was uh, <clears throat> probably, I think, I think they're re recording the White Album. And, yeah. Because John has like really long hair, so it was right around there. And it was funny because they're they're shooting a video and they're talking and getting ready to jam. So John's got his guitar in his lap and he he pulls out a joint. That realizes the camera's like, oh oh, it puts it right back. <laughs> back behind the chair. Like that's hilarious. Like he's saw me, like it clicked in right away. Susie pulled there's like, oh nope. <laughs> okay, we're good yeah. to go. <laughs> Nobody saw that. We're good.
3: <laughs> yeah, I I think I, you know, not saying I would get into similar trouble, but yeah. Right. You
2: know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it has been I mean I've been in a lot of bands in the years as well so this is the first time I've really started making solo solo m- music and then putting it out um in the past all of my solo stuff has just ended up as files on a computer mostly or in the early days as uh stuff on four tracks um, right cuz I started with a Tascam four track so
0: yeah you know. oh okay well you know I I would think the other question I would I, would, I, would, I, would, I would have many questions but um, my, my next one <laughs> my next one would be is has your your influences changed from the band to the soul stuff uh, between you know, like writing and musically
3: um the, again I think it's like it's like uh, it's sort all, of all like a different beast because because it's it's my because it's just my own I can, it can be more personal or at least for me it's easier for it to be more personal right. so the two tracks I have um, Ending the Decay and Haunt You um, both of them were written um, just after or during like really emotional points in my life um, for various reasons and uh, and I sort of put that in in the music, and okay. you know, if it, other people don't get that from it and they get something else, that's fine. It, this is just what I put in there myself, right? So, right. I, I I put that in there, and it's it's uh, it's sort of cathartic for me, um, but it's also you know feels safe because it's my own it's my own thing. I don't feel like I have to defend it to anyone or
0: right.
3: sort of like reason why it is. It just is, you know.
0: Well, I mean, you really shouldn't have to defend your music to anyone anyways. No, it's, it's you know, it's your artistic vision, not
3: theirs. Yeah. I mean, when you're in a band, though, it is theirs as well. That's the thing. Fair enough, yeah. You, you know, um, it depends. You know, there's different degrees. But I, we, I, was, I, I was the type of person in a band that was like, there are no bad ideas. There's only bad music when I say it's bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a delight to work with, a delight. It sounds like it. <laughs> I mean, uh,
0: then maybe it's, it's fair to say that you, you probably had, there's probably a couple of times where, you know, the different band members have put something in you're like, well, no. <laughs>
3: all, all the time. Yeah. The time. No, that, was, that constantly happened. I was just like, no, no. Uh, for, for a lot of things, <laughs> no, nope, that's no. Um, nope, but nope, sometimes, nope, and nope. sometimes I'd be like, yes, you know. It, it's, um it's what sounds
0: good you're kind of sounding like a, a Dr. Krieger from Archer there <laughs> like nope nope nope, yep yep yep, yep. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> so, I fucking so, love Krieger dude oh man is that, that, that's why we always use it for the outro right? the, the first part obviously we have a bit more time that's why we do the ant laser and then the Krieger out but
3: <laughs> yep and, yep yep yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just like, he kills me man I can't oh I have a plant 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 <laughs> Jazz hands, yes, yeah, jazz. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Did you take to see the the, the the what was I can't remember what it was called, The Wizard or what it was called? Shit, the the player or the or the movie both jazz hands? <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic.
3: Honestly, Archer was one of my favorite shows, and, and Krieger, of course, is a drummer. I'm a drummer. Yeah. I love science as well, I, and you know, and that's sort of where partially where I got my name because used to get. You know, it's, it's kind of, a it's you know, everyone knows I'm a big nerd that's into, into, like, physics and stuff like that.
0: Well, no, that's awesome. And the thing is, too, is, like, you're right, he's a drummer. And there's one where um, he's, like, uh, he goes to get Archer and he's, like, well, did you, fire you uh, figure out YYZ? He's, like, sadly, no. But, <laughs> Your yeah, but... The bed
3: stands alone. <laughs> exactly, right, so... <laughs> and it's true it's true cut down
0: i remember the first time i heard that song i was like blown away i mean like i i'd heard a few brush songs before that but yeah. when i heard that one i was like wow and i i've mentioned a few times on here because i've got a, a a quick uh um kind of we'll call it a, not quite six week separation but close since i worked at the airport i didn't realize for the longest time until i started working at the airport in 2003 that YYZ is Toronto Pearsons airport <laughs> no man I could I know you think so too being Canadian, the whole thing like, had no idea not a clue and <laughs> I felt even dumber when the Godzilla soundtrack came out and I couldn't I didn't put the two together that a320 was an national airplane that's what the song was about I was like oh my oh. god I'm such an idiot yeah, so, <laughs> and you think what a clue <laughs> didn't have to with with, the, with, the, with the, of course though? Close my eyes and uh, think that uh, you know it's gonna be a real good flight time. Like, nope, nope, nope. And
3: you actually worked at Pearson, though. No,
0: no, I don't. I work at London Airport, but this is, this is uh, okay. when, when I started working at the airport. That's when I realized, like, oh right. my god, I'm such an idiot.
3: Like, it really hit you. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, like, I, I can't <laughs> believe. It. I, just, I just figured it was just like a, a bunch of letters, but the letters. I was like, are oh, cool. That's a cool name. Like, never even thought about. It. Not even. <laughs> and plus, there's no lyrics, right? So I had it was completely completely opposed yeah. to it. But, this, but with A three hundred and twenty, there actually was lyrics, and I still oblivious to it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's one of those things, though, if you know, if you don't think about it. I mean, why Rook said really stands out to me because I I used to fly back and forth from England to um, to Toronto all the time. So I used to live there. I used to live in the in the GTA. Oh, nice! And right um, I used to live in in Mississauga and in Oakville. And um, right on and uh, yeah I lived there for like 8-9 years and uh, my grandparents so were yeah, very Credit. familiar with it very familiar
0: with it. my grandparents were in Port Credit Mississauga so
3: oh I I, I love Port Credit. Port Credit I used to go there all the time all the time
0: and since I grew up in Montreal we went to visit my grandparents at least twice, months or think so but the one thing it was always a bonus for the trip is our annual trip even though there's a sound record man in my show the big sound recommend downtown toronto with all the signatures on the wall like that yeah, was awesome i was always looking forward to that trip
3: yeah so, toronto yeah. is like it has this it toronto has a field i think and it's like it's i don't know i liked it there well uh, i grew up in montreal so it, it was good so to I, see fans you
0: know? I grew up in Montreal so you know I, right. I, I, I'm st- i still partial to Montreal as far as the downtown scene but but like I said Toronto my biggest thing was being able to go to Sound the Record the huge huge store with all the band signatures that had played in Toronto so and I, yeah. I, I always got a, your vinyl work cassette and that sort of thing every time I went nice. I could have very well got to Montreal no problem but I was like no nope, I'm going to wait it's going to get it that one <laughs> J- just because
3: you know? yeah yeah but no, um, a lot of good bands playing there a lot of good bands
0: well, that's right. Um, so let's get back to your music. Kind of, this is how okay. this, this is how side tracks happen, but it's, it's not a big deal. So, um, so uh, right now, um, do you have any tracks on the, the "quote unquote" cutting room floor?
3: Yeah, I have. I have. I have quite a few that I'm working on. I have. I have one that's that you've heard. It's actually um, close to like. Wow. Close to being done. It's you know, it's a, it's a it's a relative, it's a relative phrase. You know, I mean, you get artists, they, they continue editing their songs after they've released them, right? right. So, you know, um, but no, I have ones that need vocals, and I I am not a lead singer. <laughs> I can I, I there's some types of vocals I can do. I can do you know like if, if you need like a t- maybe. Something that's a very Tom Waitey track with oh you know kind of getting the <laughs> I've had so much whiskey and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, get that going on. And I can, if if you've got one of those going, maybe I can I can go in, but I can do only backing vocals. So I really need a uh, vocalist. Uh, so if you know if you're out there, you like my music, uh, you you can hit me up. And I know you you you're interested. Oh, in am, yeah, uh, and uh, in I'll p- be. Working,
0: yes, I'll be working on more of that tomorrow. So, I've been, I've been enjoying that because I haven't done anything like this in a long, long time. So, it's pretty cool for me. And last time I was in a band, I was 16, so 26 years <laughs> ago. <laughs> and it was a mix of like cover and uh and originals, you know. And it, it was fun because it was just like it was the grunge era, like when I was in high school, right? Yeah. So, it was all yeah. about it was all about you know all, all the all the Seattle bands, so Pearl Jam, Nirvana, you know. And then, yeah. like, oh there's so many though right so I just like, STP like Alice in Chains like it just goes on and on and on right so
3: because Screaming even, Trees
0: yeah Screaming Trees right Dinosaur Jr like
3: honey, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> Sonic <Right, right? laughs> exactly let just right? keep going forever
0: <laughs> um, the one thing I did mention to you actually this is uh, kind of tying into that is uh, you were mentioning uh, soundtracks for the nice where actually you know a lot more the movies and I mentioned the movie's singles uh, to you and uh, mm-hmm. Dylan McDermott's actually in it. I still like, kind of, like a low budget, but it's a good movie. But, anyways, uh, on on the on the soundtrack as well. Besides Alison Chains uh, with uh, their, their song "It Ain't Like That," it's kind of cool because they're going by a bar. It's like an open bar, so like you no, know, it's live. So there's like no window, and uh, you no know, Alison Chains is just just wailing and playing "It Ain't Like That." But there's <laughs> there's two uh, Soundgarden songs on there. There's uh, "Birth Ritual," and I'm trying to remember what the other one is. But it was really badass soundtrack, right? And right. it's it's funny too because they, they make little cameos because Chris Cornell's in it for a few minutes, Eddie Vedder, Jeff Ament, you know. It, it's pretty it's pretty funny like. Uh, so I got to see this movie yeah, just so, for those cameos. Yeah, man, it's know? it's funny that there's one part where Eddie Vedder's sitting watching TV, just watching a documentary on bees, and someone comes in. It's Bill, like, shh, because like, he's watching this thing on bees. And then at one point, Jeff Ament comes in because I said Dylan McDermott's one of the main guys. He's like, "Hey, Cliff, can you move your van while we're young?" He's like, "Sing." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, nice, right? So, <laughs> and nah, their, it's, their, it's on my list. Their, their their band was called Citizen Dick. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Going places with a name right. like that—that's for sure. <laughs> and that uh, movie. Um, did you ever see Airheads?
0: Oh yeah, I of was, course. Oh
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's a really funny sort of nineties.
0: Uh, Brendan Fraser, Adam Sandler. <laughs> Yeah.
3: Is it uh, um, Steve is Buscemi? Movie? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then they play in prison at the end. Like, uh, maybe we should be doing those moves.
3: <laughs> um. Honestly, it, 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 it's, it's music and films. You know, it's it's sort of a cross of two things that I I love a lot. So. Well, yeah, I do.
0: You know what? I'm just speaking of which, uh, the Wayne's World movies. Um, so, Wayne's World Two. Yeah. There was uh, um It was a. Uh, Hank Azaria, uh, I believe it was Hank Azaria was in the, when they go into the studio. The Simpsons. Yeah, so but they go into the studio and he's uh, he's supposed to be Handsome Dan, and Handsome Dan is Hank Azaria is like not Nag- exactly a, a, a ten, right? So, but just <laughs> stepping stepping off that the the the, the, the connection I'm going to make here is there's a Canadian band called Alexis on Fire, All and right. initially their first name was going to be Handsome Dan from Waynesville too. Okay.
3: So, yeah, that's, that's what. You know, it, it, I'm surprised. um You know, once I find out where a lot of bands, you know, end up get, getting the names, and it's from people's songs or from band names that are obscure, later in movies, and I, I've just never been that clever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, i like, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, I remember hearing the music. Like, no way, that's amazing! Because as soon as I said, handsome Dan it's like till to media, first right thing I thought is like I was right. So, but it's like we were going to go with handsome Dan, but there was a, was a, everybody didn't agree. So we threw more names out, and Alexis on fire. It became Alexis on fire. So,
3: wow. I mean, I, I, you know, what? I never really got like, that into their music. That was like a part of indie that I, I never, never got into. I think at the time there was yeah, yeah, yeahs were out. And I was much more stoked about, like, a band like that. Right. Um, where, especially the early couple of albums where they were so raw and experimental. Um, and I love that stuff. And you were asking about, like, you know, tracks that I've got going on. Yes. I've got a lot of styles of tracks going on. So I've got one that's, like, that I'm working on that's got, like, this traditional sort of grungy rock songs. Um but all of them should have something like a new element to them that's not just like, oh, this sounds exactly like this band or anything right. like that. Um, and then there's like more punky songs that I've got going on, and um, I so the I've got like, and then another grungy one. So I've got like three or four that are in in the recording process. Um, they just take a long time to do because you've got to, I've got to write all of the individual pieces, like the bass, the drums, uh, the guitar, and then I have to practice them so that I don't suck when I record them. (laughs) (laughs) Then I've got to record them and produce them. So it's a long process. um, And in between, I I, I do intend to do more of sort of the the tracks that you guys have played that are kind of like, um, I don't know, more instrumental for sure and also um, I guess, I don't know how you'd classify them, alternative uh, well,
0: I, I don't know, I, I, like, I try to pigeonhole, so like um, I don't know, it's I guess a little bit of alternative I mean like, we, we like pretty much all genres, right? So it's, we're not
3: yeah, narrowed down to a certain it's uh, it's, 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 a, it's its own thing It's its own thing
0: uh, Very true So why don't we take a quick break here and we'll play your song ending the decay. So if we go with devious ending the decay, dig this. I was devious with ending the decay and uh, we were talking just before we got into the song about um, uh, different influences like how, how to kind of not say uh, general well somewhat generalize it, but not quite you know we don't want to pigeonhole but uh, with that man big time I'm sure I said many times before we played the song really to me I heard heard a lot of night Nails in there like the, from the beginning especially at the <laughs> end with the piano and, I, and I'm thinking not necessarily downward spiral but I'm thinking like pretty hate machine you know
3: I mean, first of all, thank you very much. That is an epic compliment um, because uh, I love Trent Reznor, I love Nine Inch Nails, and they're a huge influence for me, definitely. Um, I'm glad you hear that in there. Um, first thing yeah. I heard,
0: man. First thing, honestly, I'm not kidding.
3: Yeah, it's 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 that that's infused in in that particular style that I I make music and when I do those types of tracks. Yeah. Well.
0: mean with this one in particular uh what was the initial kind of thought process behind it meaning like did you have lyrics written first or was the music kind of laid down first and then
3: you kind of added on top of it so i i I, so i think i started with the piano on that piece um and then um and then i think um I, i messed around with different drums and stuff um and then i did the guitar last i think um and I changed the drums around a couple of times. Uh, the I think I basically I, what I try to do is put a lot of the emotion into the guitar, and that's why you'll have specific variation on on the notes I play. I won't play like a straight E or or something like that. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, it. it it's, it seems like very little. It seems like quite sparse, but it's it's again, it's intentional. Everything's intentional. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, 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 it was a it, it was a deep sort of emotional song for me because I, I, I when I wrote it I was going through a difficult time, and uh, music is a good thing to pour that into. I find, and um, and and that's what I did.
0: Well, uh, just generally speaking, um, with, um, let me enjoy speaking of that. Let's words again there. Um, with the piano though, uh, is that going to be in more than a few songs or is it just kind of something you thought would, would make, would make sense for this one in particular?
3: I, it probably will have, um, piano in various songs. Um, and if not piano keys of some sort, right. Um, because I do like them and, um, and they're, it's such a good writing tool. Um, you know, if you think about albums, like... Uh, we we just talked about it online not long ago. uh it was Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Yes, yes, yes. There is a ton of piano in that.
0: Oh, my God, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> and it's all great, right? And... It's it's better it's it's better than my piano playing, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's not far away from what I what you know what I can understand doing and um so yeah I love button piano and stuff.
0: Well, speaking of piano and pumpkins, uh, when I mentioned like uh, that through the eyes of Ruby is still one of my favorite songs. The opening mm-hmm. piano in that sounds like it's being played on an out of tune old school upright piano, and that's what it makes <laughs> it so cool, right? So I was like man, that, that yeah. that's why that's why I love that beginning, you know.
3: Yeah, I, I I love putting effects on stuff and and doing. I mean that the song haunt you. I I did um, a while ago. Is that that's that's a whole soundscape of that type of stuff. And I use that using synths, just layering on top of the other. So I love that stuff.
0: Right well, on, man. Uh, now, um, hmm, I'm just trying to think what I want to ask next for you. <laughs>
3: that's okay you you know what i was i was thinking about um how i'm probably the the sort of a bridge between you and mike as far as culture goes because i can i can understand what chip shop chips are and i can also understand what a double double is oh yeah and i I know the value of both (laughs) and they're so common to both cultures but it's it's kind of funny because I listen to you both and it's like for different reasons I'll identify with different cultural things and uh, I don't know I like that it's
0: it's so funny man because when I went to visit him in 2019 it was like when I got there uh, the the personalities didn't change but it's like we took on each other's demeanors so Mike was acting more Canadian I was acting more British than he was (laughs) (laughs) But it was it was a great time, man. Like, uh, He had a whole itinerary plan. Like our, our week was like jam-packed, but it was awesome. We got to do so many things. And a lot, a lot of pub check-ins, but it was, it was really cool. And <laughs> we went to a, a place in Brighton, and uh, the the Fiddler's Elbow, and uh, he said this would be the closest you get to a natural real Guinness, you know, besides being in Ireland. And, man, was it ever good, because like anywhere else, it's just thick sludge, right? So I was like, eh, yeah. no, I'm not going to go... <laughs> get one again but uh so um we had a great time and uh the one of the funnest things was we were we we were in london twice and one of the times we went to do uh um the london bridge tour and uh, it was pretty cool and like the actors were awesome and they start off in a little chapel and they talk about you know the 1600s and you know uh the whole witch trials all that all that fun stuff and and she yeah. said, she said, uh, the, the actress, like, she's like, there are many, many witches among us. And she, said, and she says, Do you know how we identified them? And they're like, well, no. And then she pointed, out, someone ran away and just like, like, screwed, like, witch, but it sounded so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, like, the, the whole, the whole, like, um, actual, it's, it's almost like it's almost like going through, uh, um, like a haunted house, you know, to a point, yeah. But it was the amount of signs saying if if you if you're claustrophobic, this that, anything like blaze. like and it's it makes sense because once you get in, there's a place a place called a tunnel, and it's maybe uh, it takes maybe about a roughly about a minute to get through, but when you're going through, it's pretty dark, right? So what they have you do is they have you stand like it's almost like and this. Is, keep in mind this is pre COVID, right? They sh- have you stand like shoulder length, so you put the you put your hand the, on the person's shoulder in front of you. So you, keep right. enough, so you keep enough space so there's a, there's a leader and there's there's one at, at, the, at the end you know kind of so you know and uh, so as long as you're uh, kind of there you, you kind of know where each other is right because like I said it's relatively dark but you go through this thing and man it's like paper thin to squeeze through and I'm not kidding so that that's why there's a thing saying if you're claustrophobic it's like now I can totally see why they said that and the thing yeah. is too is like the biggest thing is too is when they go through all this stuff it's for a reason the biggest reason is is If they needed to call the the an ambulance for any reason, it would take them forever to get to the people (laughs) to where they are in in the actual tour. Just because, and not not because of lighting, but else that's why they have all these warnings. And when you're going down the elevator, it makes you feel like you're dropping 20 floors, but you're only going down one. And (laughs) you know, right? Well, that's a kind of a standard sort of thing, right, for for a place like that. And it's and 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 when we get to the floor, they say, okay, this is your last chance. If please, if anybody has blah 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 to go through the whole thing now is your last chance because after you're in you know it's gonna be uh, a long time to get to you if you get stuck for whatever reason
3: it's there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of new places in europe yeah there's that are very old and very small (laughs) i liked um like i had people over here from canada and i was driving around and they could not handle roundabouts i would get i would drive onto the roundabout and they would just Fucking freak out really um, yeah they, which is i'm sorry am i am i allowed to swear on this show yeah yeah absolutely know. for fuck's sake yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so i can't help myself but yeah they would they would freak out they would just they could not handle what was going on at all they they just didn't understand it i mean i will say like anytime when i came back from canada to the uk um driving was always was scary at first because right. it's everything's so close together and small here in comparison like the lanes are, are huge in, in the canadian in, roads in yeah. comparison and uh and just everything and people drive much closer together and makes you feel right at doesn't it you, it <laughs> <in> you? <laughs> <laughs> but i tell you what though nothing was as scary as i've driven in poland and um and i there was once um three cars on a two two car like so you, you know you've got one lane of traffic going one way one lane going the other way right well two two cars were going one way and one was going the other way mm. uh, and the middle car was going down the center line of the road oh my god uh. and, and people didn't freak out about this they just sort of accepted it you know it was happening
0: <laughs> uh, well see <laughs> that kind of uh, happens in Canada, in the winter, sometimes it's kind of it's, it's, we have a game trying to called uh, how to find your lane, <laughs> or Try to oh, find your lane just because of yeah. the snow cover. Like, and the past few days have been brutal. And speaking of roundabouts, actually, this is perfect. Uh, so Wednesday night, when I was driving into my into work for the overnight, uh, was going very, very slow roundabout just because you know the roads were really crappy, really shitty, like slippery, the whole thing. And we'd already got a, a whole bit of snow because we'd gotten at least twenty centimeters by then. So I think we topped out about 30 centimeters total. Anyways, so I was going really slow around the circle and then come out of the circle and I'm going like maybe 20 kilometers if that. I'm like really almost crawling through it, right? Just because I don't want to slide going around the corner. And I hit I hit the street and start going down the hill. What happens? My ESP starts sliding. It's like, oh crap, you know? Thankfully the traction control kicked in and I was able to, you no, know, I did it with the steering wheel to kind of straighten up a little bit, but I was like, Holy crap like I mean it was brewing fast at all and it just hit that one patch of ice and started of sliding the like, gold oh, crap. Oh,
3: I t- dude, I I I've, I've been there done that with the with the the freaking snow in Canada. I <laughs> hated it. I trashed my the alloys on on my um, my Mazda 3. Because I thought... I was I was in my 20s, okay, so right. it just kept me some slack. <laughs> uh, but I thought I was clever, you know, and I thought I would call him a McRae around the neighborhood a little bit. And uh, I was doing great, which was filling me with confidence I should not have had. And um, I went straight into the curb on this corner, and my my wheel just smashed into a thousand bits. Oh, <laughs> man. Like, amazing, amazing. <laughs> um, I actually... But I did... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I was gonna say is uh one more quick car story. I used to have uh, a Dodge Dakota pickup, like standard, you know, uh, like really standard manual transmission, like but nothing nothing special about it, just regular cab, four foot bed, so very, very standard uh, model. And Anyways, point being is I was driving to work and uh, it was April ish. No, probably being of April. Anyways, point being is like roads look here, and what happened? I hit a patch of black ice. Obviously, you couldn't see it. And I stopped and I was like like half an inch from the ditch before yeah. my the front, the front of the truck would have gone in. Like, where right they stopped, the, I was like, holy shit. And my legs shaking. I can barely get the clutch down because my legs shaking so much to try to get into reverse or back it up, right? So, and yeah. I, I also had to hold my my, my legs steady to get my, my foot onto the clutch to push it down so, you, so I could shift in, in, into reverse. So I was like, and then I got to reverse, like, <sighs> you know, I'm trying to catch All my stuff, breath. Man. Like, yeah, no kidding, right? Just because the truck would have been a write-off, it would, because of the front end would have been smashed in.
3: Oh, no for sure. But
0: thankfully... I actually
3: passed my um, my 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 driving test in Canada in a snowstorm. Oh, no I way. I think the guy was just so impressed, because there were, there were literally trucks sliding down the side of the road as I was doing the test. <laughs> like, full-on full, full on trucks with like trailers and stuff. Oh, wow. Just sliding down the road, and I was just taking it slowly, going along. Actually hit the curb during part of the, <laughs> the parking of the test, but he couldn't see the curb either, so he was like, Can "I can't fault you for that." <laughs> yeah. yeah, brutal. But black ice is no black ice is terrifying. Yeah, well, obviously because you can't see it, right? So <coughs> yeah, no. I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. I, I think that's I think that's all our, our car stories.
0: Well, wait right on. Well, um. So what's happening now is that's going to do it for the interview, but uh, since Mike had uh, about last minute, a couple things come up, uh, Dr. Davis is going to fill in for Mike for a little bit here. So uh, our next song up, so um, um, post-interview, so again, thank you very much for doing that with us, and thank you for keeping with us as well. I really appreciate it. So no our this next song we're going to be playing is a, is a band called Kingstorm, and it's one of uh, Ron Bo's many side projects. And uh, this was actually a pretty heavy one, even for King Storm. So uh, I chose this to lead off because we have a relatively heavy uh, part one and there's a couple of cool bands that just haven't come up uh, via email. And when I saw come up, I was like, these are pretty cool. The name jumped out, but the song was even better. But we're gonna kick things off here with Kingstorm and a song called Dig My Rock and Roll. And dig this. <laughs> with a dig my rock and roll. And uh, like I said to you, uh, this is uh, a real heavier side of King Storm. And a great song. And it just love the vocals. And it, it just, with Ron Bowes, you never know what you're going to get because he's so versatile. And he's done so many projects. Uh, it's just, it's incredible. Hardened uh, Bowes, you know, and just Ron solo, King Storm. And it just the list goes on and on and on. And uh, he, he just... It's so versatile. It's always kind of cool and just especially when you get kind of like a, a real heavier song like that. I was like that's pretty cool. Uh, uh, like Ron Rick really nailed that one.
3: Yeah, I really like that. I I thought it, I it was making it was giving me imagery of 80s rock clubs with hollies outside and smoke coming out of the <laughs> out of the windows and just like badass people in leather jackets, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, 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 like it say, like it says in the song, it was rock and roll. well
0: uh, speaking of eighties, I mean, uh, I, I have to admit, one of the first, um, like I guess we'll call it rock tapes, was uh, uh, was Warren's album Cherry Pie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, so I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I was into Warren for a little bit, but then again, I did I did like in excess, you know. So I had I had Kick and uh, Suicide Blonde and.
3: So I mean I I I I recently admitted to you know I was I think I was like five years old but I liked a band called The Alarm and um, Rain in the Summertime, which is which is very new wavy. Um <laughs> but you know there was a, there was lots of music in the eighties. So I liked Guns and Roses and you know oh, yeah. I would say that 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 was that's close to a kind of Guns and Roses vibe, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, fair enough.
0: And a good point um, you know and uh, just speaking of just stuff um, uh, uh, myself and our uh, um, I guess last week, Russell Mosaic we were talking about that sort of thing we were talking about Rick Astley <laughs> oh
3: god just how did go- he make it
0: yeah well exactly right so I said well the first thing I heard uh, the first thing I heard of him wasn't uh, uh, never gonna give up it was uh, she wants to dance with me <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't even know that song
0: thank, oh, uh, thank goodness uh, yeah uh, yeah. anyway so <laughs> but uh, just kind of we'll call memorable moments and the first Van Halen song I ever heard was Jump because the reason, one of the reasons I mentioned that too was because um, an artist we would interviewed about a year ago so he's a big Van Halen fan so when he came up for an yeah. interview I said well you know so which is it is it, is it Diamond Dave or is it Sammy <laughs> you know and he's yeah. like yeah I gotta go with Diamond Dave like David Lee Roth, though.
3: So. I mean, it, it, I again, I'm only familiar with things like with songs like Jump and stuff because they used to play them. There was a club here in uh, in in Newcastle in in the UK called the Mayfair, um, and it got closed down the, just on like '99 or 2000. And um, and they were every every Friday night rock night, you would hear Jump for sure, <laughs> guaranteed. It, it was going to be played. Uh, so yeah
0: well the thing is I, I heard these songs at, at, uh, at skating in Montreal like in the arena right. the overhead music you know <laughs> so they had like a, yes. a certain list they went by right so and yeah. uh, Jump was always one of them so <laughs> nice so but yeah oh. but uh, yeah so moving on uh, our next song out this a little bit heavier this is a band called uh, Perceived and I admit initially when it's writing down was like it didn't seem right It's like why is it coming out wrong I was, well, I was putting perceived I was like no it's perceived so <laughs> my mistake so here goes perceived and a song called Living Hell did this Um, that was a last minute switch initially you were going uh, to hear in the case before Perceive, but to Perceive first, the song called Living Hell. And man, so many influences between metal and alternative, you know, I, I was telling you uh, off air that a little bit of Alice in Chains there. But in the end, man, like uh, a, a, little, a little bit of Megadeth and a little bit of Pantera. And at the end, man, tell me that didn't remind you of uh, Metallica, "Shortest shorter straw.
3: Yeah, yeah, I can sure see that. Star,
0: talent, yeah. liberty, you know, it's like...
3: Yeah, 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 I can see that. That's a good call. Um, I, I could hear a lot in that, man. Um, like I was saying, I think, you know, I heard a little bit like Linkin Park, not like but verbatim, but I heard the influence in there, mm-hmm. in sort of some of the vocals and, like, the production of the, of the guitar sound. And... um that going from sort of a, a, a quite light and uh, twinkly into the heavy <laughs> sort of riffs, you know.
0: Right, absolutely, and like I said, the screaming part two, but when i heard more of the songs like uh, definitely Part One. So yeah, um, I mean, it's a it's a heavy riff. Yeah. it's a heavy riff. I was one picks up, I was like, yeah, I made the right choice. <laughs> so next up is a brand new one by a band called Luna Kiss, and the song's called Operate. Do this. with Operate that's their brand new single uh, it's awesome I really enjoyed this one I, I love the vocals but it had that kind of almost like heavy it's almost like alternative pop but it really sounded really good I just loved some of the breakdowns in the song it was awesome loved it
3: yeah I really liked the uh, the, the little bit of uh, lead guitar that was in there uh, it was just like sprinkled in there it was really nice and uh, the production was very good
0: Right on, man. Well, next up, we have a a new band called the Brokers and the Wall Street Band. (laughs) And the song's called Red Crow. Dig this. Brokers in the Wall Street Bend with Red Crow and uh Yeah definitely uh I heard some Black Keys influence in there and the first thing I thought was Gold on the ceiling, but it was really cool a bluish rock and roll uh style tune for sure.
3: Yeah, I really liked that. I thought um I thought I could hear like nineties sort of pop grungy stuff in there because of the, you know the mix of the guitars and the catchy the catchy um vocal layers. And backing vocals. Um really liked that. And I, for a second, I swear, I heard like a, a Queens of the Stone Age style sort of oh, rich nice. change in there at one point. And uh, the guitar tone was great. The the vocals were really cool. Yeah, I, that was a good song.
0: Speaking of Queens of the Stone Age, I was listening to the vinyl. I had the vinyl of, of uh, Radar. Right. So I let's listen to that. Oh, I day. love that album. So, I was listening to that the other day. It's like, man, was an album solo. I absolutely love that one. And the one oh. album I just I just got I ordered um about a month ago I ordered uh, The Smiths uh, louder than bombs, right? So I, I finally right. I finally see that the other day. It's like, "Oh, awesome!" I was so excited to listen to it.
3: <laughs> I I like bits and pieces of The Smiths. I am a massive Queens of the Stone. Well, I used to be a massive Queens of the Stone Age fan. I, I you know what? Because of it turning out that Josh Holmes kind of an asshole, mm. it it made me it put me off wanting to listen to any of their future records right i'm i'm still into all of all of the ones up to like era vulgar well not after that even because they did like the evil has landed and stuff or,
0: um, um what's it called uh uh, uh like uh, clockwork they did yeah but uh, um was it something in something in Law
3: uh, Little Bites Paralyzed. Well, that's it, it's Little Bites Paralyzed, you know? yeah, yeah, that's what i think. That's well, a brilliant album. Burn the Witch, I've seen ball. them, like, four times. I've like, seen them a few um, times, too, actually. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I,
0: yeah. I, I, I saw them, I saw them for uh, the most recent one, that was about five years ago now. And then I yeah, saw Yeah, me too. And I saw them for Era Volgrey And I did I didn't see them again, I did see them before that, and it was right before, I suppose, it was, like, in between "Radar" and Song for the Deaf. Right, yeah, see, in
3: between... So after just after Songs for the the Deaf, I actually saw them with my friend and we went out to Birmingham. It was the first gig we went to see. So that was far away on our own. Right. And um, Mark Lanigan made an appearance and it was just uh, from Screaming Trees. Right. And nice. uh, it was just amazing for me because I think I was a bigger fan of Mark Lanigan than Queens of, than Queens of the Stone Age at the time. And so <laughs> I was just like, I was blown away. That was... That was that was a good gig,
0: well, gig. I tell you what man, I I do really love Them Crooked Vultures with with Josh Holmes, uh um John mm-hmm. Paul John Paul Jones and, and Dave Grohl. I mean, that was a great album, man. My favorite song on that album is Interlude with Lutes.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. a great one. I yeah, saw I, them live too. I saw them live yeah. in Toronto. Nice. I, Dave and I actually legend. Yeah, actually I saw them in Toronto as well, so maybe the same show. Did you? So yeah. we were the same we were the same show. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah, there's no way I was in the past that. Um, it was at the uh, what's it called the
0: uh, ACC.
3: Yeah, 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 exactly.
0: So, uh, yeah, man, because uh, I, I, I saw uh, Nine Snails there too for the um, with the teeth tour.
3: Oh wow! So I've seen that's, I've, that's I've seen cool.
0: I've seen Nine Snails about four or five times. I saw them for the Fragile, which was just um, absolutely amazing. And ironically, at the same time he was rehabbing himself, rehabbing himself from heroin so during wow. intermission he's backstage puking up a storm because he's detoxing right <sighs>
3: that's but insane s- s- still come
0: out and do an amazing show and uh, and, and and my personal opinion is that's the best Night Shows album ever like that's that's just absolutely incredible like it has a vinyl and everything like, I love the album
3: yeah and I mean um, that's I saw them I, I got to see them but I didn't oh. see them as Nine Inch Nails I saw How to Destroy Angels mm-hmm. And I saw them when nice. they came to Toronto as "How, how to Destroy Angels," and um, see, and that was really good too. That's the
0: one show I didn't see was "How to Destroy Angels." Like I have, I have, I have both EPs, but I didn't get a chance to see it. So,
3: well, you know. So you you got to see Nine Jails, so I got to see How to Destroy Angels. <laughs>
0: Either way, it's still so cool though. I mean, because was yeah. name it uh, Mary something Mandic? Is the thing? Is her name?
3: Yeah, that's his. Yeah, it's his wife. Yes, yeah, she. Wife. she, she She sounds better live than she does on the album. That is what's crazy. Well, you know what... Is
0: that... Go ahead, sorry. Yeah.
3: I was going to say, it's like she pulled back on the album, and live, she was like, oh my God, she blew me away.
0: Well, it could have been production as well, though, too, right? I mean, it could have been done intentionally, so...
3: Yeah. But uh, uh, what
0: I was going to say is her her first band is, uh, I believe, they're called West Coast Girls. Um, Okay. Check it out, because it's pretty cool stuff. I found it on YouTube, actually, so...
3: Okay, I will check that out. Yeah,
0: so... Is it is it Mary Mary Kate Mandick? I know the last name is Mandick for sure because she's what she's like, Vietnamese, I believe.
3: I'm not even going to try. I will butcher. It. Either way,
0: <laughs> either way, you know, she's got a great voice and I, uh, yeah, so I love Nine Snails and and uh, uh, one of my favorite songs. And I actually um, had a line um, tattooed as and in, in part of a tattoo from my mother. So it was this, it was a line from the song The Great Below on uh, The Fragile. Right and nice. the song the line was all the spoils voice of life all of this was all of this for you nice so yeah so yeah like, like I said big 90s fan and you know there you go but uh, next up man we have gonna change the pace a little bit here uh, it's a band called Casino Garden and one of the best song titles ever the song's called Michael Fuzzbenda <laughs> take, that, take <laughs> <Yes>. this yeah <laughs> On Casino Garden with a song called the "Michael fuzzbenda and it just even though it's it's kind of a funny name, know it almost sounds proper at the same time too. But man, <laughs> th- this was a great tune and just the heaviness that that picked up, like just almost not right off the hop, but pretty pretty quickly into the song. And it just sounded like such a raw recording, like something that was recorded on sub pop in the '90s
3: yeah it did it did it It definitely had those vibes it, it was making me think there was a Dave Grohl um, sort of demo album before Foo Fighters called Pocket Watch and it had some drums on it that was similar to that and I, I really liked it and, and the, when the heavy riff kicks in that's a great heavy riff
0: right on well man next up we have a new song by Toward Love Affair and the song is called All the Bad Men dig this <laughs> Oh, oh. a love affair uh, a brand new song called All the Bad Men and uh, a lot heavier than their other stuff really cool and they're also, they also signed to uh, Lights and Lines uh, Mike's uh, record company and uh, but they're a great band uh, This uh, it's an awesome tune I really enjoy this one and it's super heavy and I love her vocals I mean it's kind of that it's a mix of like alternative uh, like nice alternative and a little bit of like kind of like mid 2000s
3: well, yeah, I think I think it, yeah, it's kind of like that, that goth side of that that two thousand yeah. but also you know even even the 80s sort of gothy stuff. I was going to say though is goth grunge a thing because that's the vibe again. Yeah, getting, yeah but, actually, know? yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a kind of goth grunge. It's and then it, and the guitars definitely push their way towards metal sometimes, but yeah, it's very very cool, very cool. And I noticed actually. Some production. Of, uh, there was some some strings, some orchestral stuff added in there, and it sounded really good.
0: Well, you know, it, it's 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 always cool and they kind of kind of we'll call it sneak it in. I mean, and speaking of yeah. or, orchestral stuff, uh, the fragile again has plenty yeah. of that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm and, a big fan. I I want to do something like that someday. Well, but, and the uh, thing is, too, is it's I was, hard.
0: Oh yeah, oh absolutely. I mean, I was uh, chatting with a friend slash uh, musician artist uh, yesterday. And uh, we were talking about just like influences and just like stuff music we grew up with, right? Yeah. And uh, I said, well, you know, for myself growing up, uh, with my dad, it was like, you know, the Beatles and not too much else than that because he wasn't really a big fan of the Stones and Doors and Led Zeppelin. Really wasn't his thing either. So, but he loved jazz, loves jazz and blues and classical. Yeah and my mother is like more Simon Garfunkel the guest too that sort of thing and, uh, and she likes classical and, and plays too as we were talking about that last night I said well uh, for at some point I, I said I could I could literally tell you every single song on the on the, on the Cats play like album because they bought the soundtrack just yeah. because they played it so many times and a lot of the classical stuff too I don't remember as much anymore but you know a lot of stuff they played I mean, so I picked up a lot of influences from there then it grew and I think my first kind of Local heavier band, but I guess my my first inter- introduction to funk wasn't Parliament Funkadelic. It was it was Faith No More.
3: <laughs> oh well, that's a that's a great introduction. Yeah. I like that. Like Mike, wow,
0: and was, was the, not not the first I'm Not We Care a lot, was the real thing. So yeah. my first time I heard Mike Patton, and the first song I heard was Epic. So,
3: oh, uh, I mean, what an album! What a, what a band! What an album! It doesn't get more diverse than that, does it? I mean, well, Faith No More.
0: You know what, I, I, speaking of Faith No More, I can't the really name, name the band off the top of my head, but it was last week or the week before, actually two weeks ago, uh, we played a song, and it, it sounded like it had Faith and More influence, but in specific, it sounded like uh, the song Woodpecker from Mars, from the real thing. It's like, that's amazing.
3: Oh, nice. Nice. I love that. That's our high praise, though.
0: Well, it's one of my favorite Inch ever is Woodpecker from Mars. Do do, 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 Oh, yeah, just awesome, like... I you love you can't you can't go wrong with that, right? So, and even even oh, their no. even their cover of, of Black Sabbath, right?
3: Oh yeah, it's great. It's a so. great cover. It's really good. Um, I love it. And I, you know, I, you know, you're talking about influences from from your parents, and I think that's cool that you started out with jazz and stuff because that's something I had to come to on my own. But I got a massive eclectic from from my my dad gave me like I had a tape right um but he gave me that had bleach on one side and um rage against the machine rage against the machine on the other side nice Uh, and i would listen to that like on my way to and from high school you know so well yeah i I mean
0: go
3: ahead i I just and then the other side would be like bob marley you know nice like yeah
0: well i actually have a a bob marley poster in my, my my living room right up front I have, because uh, most, most of my house is music-oriented, right? So I have uh, I've been framing my posters, kind of you know, trimming the, sh- the, the, the frayed edges off and putting them in, a, in, a, in an actual picture frame. So uh, I have Bob Marley, Kurt Cobain, and uh, Pink Floyd, and the concert I went to when they were in Montreal in 92. So, you I Dave Roger Waters, you know, so um, it was for Division Bell. I don't know. Anyway, so I have I have that because I initially had the poster, then I, then would happened it would happen to it, and I found it on Amazon for five bucks. Like no way, like done <laughs> sold. You know, like, nice. So I did that. So that's that's my front room, and then in my in, the, in my NMS room, I've got four um, different five four different five four about roughly really about four different magazines from when Kurt Cobain passed away because it was a big Nirvana fan as well. So I had those yeah. up, had those up in picture frames. Like, but yeah, I got a lot of good posters and more. Of them slowly putting in frames, and hanging up. So it's, it's it's getting there. You know, I got a couple of festival posters and that sort of thing. And but I have at least ten more that want to frame. And one of them is actually ridiculous machine-like. So it would have been it would have been just after Evil Empire.
3: Yeah. Which again, good, and, good album.
0: And I did see Brace get the Machine a few times, so that was very, very fortunate. Oh, so, so,
3: so jealous. I know. Oh,
0: I saw them in Montreal actually for their first self-titled album.
3: I, before we move on to the next song, I have to I have to just I have to just get in and say that yeah. my first gig ever was Motorhead.
2: Nice. And that
3: was that was my first gig <laughs> ever, and that's a pretty high stakes gig.
0: Yeah, man, for sure, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like that's amazing.
3: I couldn't hear for three days. Oh, shit. I was in high school, and all I could hear was... Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, my, my first, I, I guess, I, I, as much as I hate to admit it, my, my, my first gig, I, I was 12, and I went to see New Kids on the Block. Oh, my God. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Trust me, uh, I know. But after uh, that, it did get better. Uh, it did get better, you know? So... Uh, after after that, I like, well at, at least at least I'm not like I, I'm ashamed, but at least I'm going to admit it. You
3: know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that's fine. So. That's a good, that's a, it's a good story because you can laugh. You know?
0: So, but after that, uh, the first one I saw after that was uh, Bare Naked Ladies for their album Gordon for so the song with a song called Enid and um, yeah, so. But, but it did get better then I started seeing some of the older bands that like go coming back for reunion tours plus you know newer stuff so like Pro Jam, STP, Rage of the Machine, Nirvana. I did see Nirvana for the hydro tour so and I sold my ticket up.
3: I did not get to see Nirvana which is one of my great and you know you, they're my favorite band of all time.
0: You know what and the fact that uh, when I when I saw them I paid $26 for the ticket. <sighs> Could I it. right so and that's Canadian so in in British pounds pound, in British yeah. pounds that's probably like maybe twelve pounds,
3: <laughs> like maybe yeah, yeah
0: exactly yeah. right so
3: yeah,
0: but either way I always at, at least I have kept all my ticket stubs and when the C C see coming out i i start putting in the C covers so I have all my ticket stubs i i L I've seen I have ticket stubs so. And good. One thing I'd like to do eventually is uh, uh, put them in between glass so I get like a, a tabletop, but press glass so they're they're preserved and, and and won't be damaged.
3: Yeah, you should do that. So that'd be cool. So
0: I, I've I've quite a bit, so I'd have to go through them all. But yeah, it's, it's it's incredible, and I just one of those things I've always been one to keep ticket stubs, especially for a show like that, because you never know what, what could happen, right? Not that it was yeah. pre, not that it was pre-planning as like, okay. Well, this person's probably going to commit suicide or, or or anything like that, <laughs> right? I just like I just want to hold on to them just because it's a it's a memory, right? So, yeah. Okay, so next up um, is a band called Crushed by Pimps, and uh, these guys used to be this band. used to be Mister Susan, and I interviewed uh, Mister Susan about three times uh, before they made the switcher to Crushed by Pimps, and then I interviewed Crushed by Pimps Mike couldn't unfortunately do that interview it was uh, during the week so um but we're trying to get them back on so we can interview them as well as with, with me and they're always great guys and so funny and uh, still i've quoted many many times but I, I told them at one point i said you know what you guys are, are you sound like so tight like you, it's been you doing this for a long time and one of them speaks up and i'm pretty sure it's christian and they said like well we all have beards <laughs> so, <laughs> so always always make me laugh those guys
3: are great I like their music too so
0: but here we go with Crushed by Pimps and a song called Pimps Run Free dig this
1: give me drums give me bass setting up some track and trace think you need to know your place Space. Lack of grace. Staying home to watch the chase in disgrace. Nosy neighbors on your case. Shut your face. Last days of the human race. Spray your mace. Get some drums. Get some bass.
0: up yesterday uh on band camp so i hope a lot of you purchased uh their stuff as well as my other bands which i did and i am a huge fan of crushed by pimps everybody knows that that's no secret but uh this is a great tune and i just can't wait to hear more because they are currently working on some new stuff so uh, be sure to tune in for that and uh hopefully interview in the next uh, few weeks or so but there you go crushed by pimps
3: yeah i mean like th- those guys rock i really like that song you know i get like it's a, like 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 almost like a a British Rollins band kind of <laughs> nice. vibe, if you know what I mean. Like, they yeah. they've got the intense political and sociological lyrics going on. Oh yeah, and it's like and it's like, but the music's like you know really intense. Yeah, kind well, of British yeah. British Rollins band.
0: Well, between Ben and Christian, there's a lot going on there. So <laughs> it's
3: a, there's got to be a lot of influences. Yeah, Ben, yeah, ben it's, Jones it's,
0: and Christian Snugs, man, they're 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 great guys. So hopefully uh, like I said soon enough we'll have them back on for, for my kind of interview and speaking of interviews um, Joe's Stein's and The Loving Kind they have a new EP coming out in March and uh, their drummer Colin uh, emailed me their days well, messaged me on Facebook Messenger saying what they want to do in their interview which is awesome because I've interviewed them a few times it's been a while since their last EP but uh, they've always been a big uh, <clears throat> big support of the show and uh, they've had many times uh, they've been on and by I told them this time around I said well this time it's probably going to be a weekend interview just because my weeks are so busy now that the only time we have is either Saturday or Sunday. So hopefully we'll get, we'll get them on, you know, on NMS or, um, you know, on the early Sunday evening for Mike and them to get, get hit him in on the interview as well. But, uh, these guys are, are, are very cool and they've been around for a while and like they, they, they've been around since NMS and even before that it started. So, you know, nice. I am partial to them, but they are very talented and, uh, It was cool, because when I was in England, like other bands, they recorded at Abbey Road Studios, but I did the Abbey Road uh, walk, which was amazing, I know. So, but what I did myself is to kind of uh, pay uh, my homage to Paul McCartney, is although, granted, I didn't have a leisure suit on, like, you know, I had had a suede suede jacket, the fake leather pants, but I went barefoot because it was warm enough, it was still, like, it was probably about 65 Fahrenheit, maybe. That means
3: nothing to me, but sure. Okay.
0: Well. <laughs> well. So about fifteen sorry,
3: British temperatures centigrade. You know.
0: Okay. Well, about fifteen Celsius, fifteen to eighteen Celsius. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway, it was warm. So sorry, I wasn't sure if you we were Fahrenheit or Celsius, but so. <laughs> either way, it was warm, and so I was like, oh, I'm gonna go barefoot." So I went barefoot, and you know, I had the, had the unlit cigarette in my, my hand, walking across uh, uh, Abbey Road, and picture taken. It was awesome. So.
3: <laughs> That's really cool, man.
0: But yeah, it was great. Oh, like I said, London. I had a lot of fun, and a week was was not enough. So I, I hope to go back when everything kind of lifts up a little bit and get a better, uh, better feel for what. Uh, well, I have a couple ways I want to go. I, I want to go to the south because I have friends in Newcastle. I want to visit as well. So.
3: So you're gonna go? You're gonna be in in the north in Newcastle? I'm hoping so. Well, that's you. You can visit me if you do. Uh, that's, because, where I'm, cause that's, that's where I'm. That's why I'm. I live now these days up north. Um. You wouldn't be able to tell. We were discussing my accent. You, you think I sound Canadian? though all Canadians accuse me of sounding um, Australian or from New Zealand. Or oh, really? Yeah, I got I got asked if I was from all kinds of places. But the thing is, when I moved back here, I got asked if I was American, and I still do to this day all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, if I'm yeah, and I'm like no, I was born I was born here. Right here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not sure if you know this,
3: but <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure you know, but I'm from here. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'm like,
0: wow. All right. So our last song here for part one is brand new Operation Spear, which got the we played the well last year, last year, last week. It was the world premiere. The MS hashtag MSX2 premiere. To God, which thankful to him. So here we go with another play of a song by Operation Neptune Spirits. You know this one called Echo Chamber. Dig this. that was Operation Neptune Spear and Echo Chamber and uh, what, what, a, what a heavy and uh, really political this thing to finish there but a great tune nonetheless and a big thank you to Operation Neptune Spear for giving us the, the NMS exclusive premiere last week as well but it's a great tune love this guy and, and it's, it's, we've talked a few times and uh, he's going to try and include uh, Bacon Incorporation into one of his songs very very soon because we know much he likes Bacon this, according to his Twitter accounts right so <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was uh they, I, the I you know what, the vocals really reminded us of uh, Soulfly. I don't know if you know Soulfly, mm-hmm. but
0: oh, yeah, and yeah. and
3: those were some chunky metal riffs there. So yeah. You you've got, you've got to, anything that induces head banging is got to be a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Right on. Well, that's going to do it for part one. Unfortunately, there will not be a part two tonight. Uh, we want to. Uh, I just would like to say a big and huge, massive thank you to uh, Doctor Devious for doing the interview and filling in uh, for part one. We really do appreciate it. So until next time, Mike will be back next week. Uh, I'm sure. And like I said again, he do he does apologize. He just had something come up last minute that he had to deal with. So knows that happens. But until next time, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Until then, bones out. Do this.